Hey everyone, welcome to the Coastal Podcast. I'm Pastor Lucas Granger and want to say thank you for listening in. May this podcast bring some light to your world today. Enjoy grace and peace. Uh, to be a people fully alive in Christ, to reach people that are far from Christ, discover your purpose, and engage with what God is already doing. Come on, amen? Amen. Uh, We're in this series called Doctrine, about what we believe and what we teach. And it's really coming from this idea of knowing, like, as Paul told Timothy, there's a few things you need to watch out for. There's a few things that you need to guard. And listen, Timothy, as I leave you, I want to leave you with this. Guard your teaching. Guard your doctrine. Guard your theology. But also, guard your heart. Don't let your heart grow cold. Don't do it. Guard these things. So, So we have this kind of warning that's not just for Timothy, but it's for us today. Listen, I don't, I don't want to be one that's blown to and fro by every doctrine that comes through the wind. Come on. We've seen, we're seeing it amplified uh, these last few years, even just some crazy, crazy stuff people believe in. It's like, whoa, where is that in the Bible? So we want to make, make sure that when you're confronted with truth, you know exactly what it is. And at the same time, we don't want our hearts to grow cold, right? We want to make sure that we are putting our faith into action. We don't want to end up like one of those tourists on the beach that I thought we were right here and then you're seven miles down the beach, right? Because the day will come when you've got to go to the DMV office and your faith will be tested, (laughs) y'all. You will have the opportunity for your heart to grow cold because you forgot one paper of the 17 papers that you're supposed to bring in and you got to wait in that line again. Come on, somebody. I need some Jesus at the DMV. Guard your heart when you're there. Uh, A few weeks ago, Pastor Jim gave us such a great thing with salvation. Salvation is in Christ and Christ alone. Last week, we looked at sin, and that sin brings death every time. You can't earn your way into heaven. Uh, All of these things, we need a Savior. And today, we are looking at the Trinity the Trinity and the body of Christ. What I'm trying to do each week is define these things for you and at the same time connect them. Connect them with not just the intellectual understanding, but they connect them to your heart and soul and just feel what we're talking about and then, and then take it and translate it into some actionable steps, head, heart, and hands all coming together, what we think, what we feel, what we do. This morning, are you ready for the Trinity? Yeah. All right, here goes your definition. Three in one. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Just <laughs> see y'all next week. Three in one. These three are equal and are one God. One God eternally existed in three persons. Equality from the beginning to the end. From the very beginning to the very end, equality. So any teaching that you have that says some kind of idea or structure in which Jesus wasn't God until this part. Or, or, or God wasn't God until this happened. Or the Holy Spirit wasn't part of the Godhead until later. There's a whole lot of that stuff. It's just not true. And we'll get into that here in just a second. The Godhead eternally existed, and there's equality. There's not like God's up here, and then there's Jesus, and then there's the Holy Spirit. No, no, no. All three are equal. There's three, and there is one. I'm reminded of a story and uh, 
I don't know if it was C.S. Lewis who said this. Um, usually that's kind of my go-to person. Uh, so I just give C.S. Lewis credit for this. It may have been somebody else, but today we're going with Lewis. Uh, there's a story of a little boy. You've heard me say this before. He's on the beach, and he's playing in the sand, and there's some people off to the side. And he sees this little boy, and he's, he's, he's got his bucket, and he's got his, his shovel, and he's just shoveling the sand, he, and he makes a hole, and he takes his bucket, runs to the ocean, gets some water, and starts filling the hole. Now, he's just doing this over and over and over again, and to which somebody on the beach sees what this little boy is doing, goes up to him and says, son, what are you doing? And he said, sir, I'm trying to fill that there ocean in this there hole. He was a boy from the south. He was a little southern boy. I'm trying to fill that there ocean in this there hole. That there ocean in this there hole. And that's a little bit of what it's like when we try to define and describe the Trinity. We're trying to define the impossible to describe something that's, man, it's just too much for words. If I was to ask you, can you describe for me what morning is, how would you describe it? Words fall short when you're in that moment and you've lost your spouse, you've lost your child, and you're in mourning. And, and you could give me a good definition, but still it doesn't encompass what mourning means. Or, or, or describe for me love or peace, these things, this peace that how would you put it? And you could, you could do your best, but still it's like trying to take that there ocean and put it in that there hole. And to the world, there's contradiction when we talk about the Trinity. To, to the world, it's no, no, no. You either have three or one. You can't have both. It's either or. It's either, it's either, it's either there's three or there's one. And for the Christian, it's yes. To the world, no, no, it's a contradiction. It doesn't work out. To the world, it's either you're, you're either in mourning or you have peace and joy. And to the Christian, it's like, but you don't understand. I could be mourning and still have joy. I, I could have lost everything and still possess all things. I, I, I could have this peace that by its very nature of definition can pass all understanding. And to which if I was to try to describe to you this is contradiction, it's either, either or, you've either lost or you've won, there's either a trinity, there's either three, or there's one, and you're either in mourning or you're in joy. But for the Christian, it's not. It's not a contradictory, but rather it's a mystery. For the Christian, it's a mystery. See, the word contradiction, even of itself, it means to violate itself. It means one law violates the other law. But it does not work that way with the Trinity. There is three, and there is one. It is this mystery. It stands apart from everything that we know and yet still is. Everything that we know and yet still is. We can't fully understand it, but here it is. It's the bumblebee that wakes up in the morning and starts flapping its little wings and starts flying. Now, scientifically, this bumblebee is just too fat. He, he's, his, his wings are too small. He's not aerodynamically. The bumblebee should not be able to fly. And yet he wakes up every morning and starts flying. And why is it? I don't know, but here it is. Is it three? Is it one? Is it morning? Is it joy? Yes. It defies science and aerodynamics. It defines what we think and how things work. My wife has a closet full 
of shoes. It is like little mini TJ Maxx and Payless all mixed into one. And yet somehow, two or three times a year, I don't know how she does it, but she'll get this trash bag, and she fills this trash bag full of shoes, and she gives them to her friends, and she gives them to the, the senior resource center, and she gives them to all of these people, and she just gives away all of these shoes. I'm like, man, these are a lot of shoes. Where are you getting, where are these shoes from? And I look, and, I, and what, it's this mystery because her closet still has more. <laughs> how do you do that? How do you give away all these shoes and yet never be empty? Proverbs chapter 11 says there's one person that gives freely yet gains even more. She lives by this principle. I'm going to put it on her closet door, Proverbs chapter 11. She's got it down pat. And we laugh, but it's true. It's true. It's the same thing even with, with our finances. I'm telling you, like, we live so much better off of 90% than we ever lived off of 100%. And like, And that's just... It's just the fact, like mathematically, that's a contradiction. Mathematically, that doesn't work. And yet somehow with us, it's like, is, we're good. There's still shoes in the closet. The bumblebee's still flying. There's still loss and pain, and yet a peace and a joy. And there's three, and there's one, and there's no contradiction See, if we don't understand the difference between contradiction and mystery, what happens is we'll dismiss the mystery. We'll dismiss the mystery. We'll chalk it up as a fool's task. We'll chalk it up as this, this is an outlier. This shouldn't be. And, and we'll find ourselves on that beach and, and with that little boy, but we'll never take the time to even try to get one bucket. We'll think, oh, no, it's impossible, so we'll just keep walking by, we'll dismiss the mystery, the, the mystery. And, and, and what we'll find is we'll never fly because we've been told that it's impossible. We've been told it doesn't make sense. It's either the three or one or how does it work? You want the recipe for having an absolute life that's full of misery? Let that life be void of mystery. Let it be void. Let it be only contained to what you could understand. Let, let it be only be about your ways and your desires and how you think. Uh, let everything have to fit into your tiny box, and I will show you a life that is absolutely, it's just, man, it's, it's misery. And, and, and when you lack that mystery, you lack faith, and you lack wonder, and you lack trust, and ultimately you lack love. Because this is the very nature of, of God, this trinity, this three, and this one, this mystery. I want to read from you a few scriptures. The first one I want to read is in Genesis chapter 1. I want to show you this at work. Genesis chapter 1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And then God said this. He said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light, you know what? It was good. Now let's read from the book of Mark. Mark chapter one. And it says, one day Jesus came from Nazareth to Galilee and John baptized him in the Jordan River. Now in verse 10, now as Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart 
and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice, a voice from heaven said, you are my beloved son and you bring me great joy. Did you catch that? Did you catch Genesis 1? Did you catch Mark 9? I could take you to Revelations chapter 22 where Jesus is speaking and he's talking about, listen, all of this and God and what he's doing and the, and, the, and the holiness of his book and the spirit and the bride say, come and yes, Lord Jesus, amen. Do you see it? Do you see the beginning? Do you see the middle? Do you see the end? Do you see the Trinity at place in each one of them? God, the Father, and the Spirit hovering and the voice speaking. And John tells us, listen, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And Jesus is there, and he's being baptized. And, and, and then the Holy Spirit comes like a dove. And then there's this voice from the Father, Trinity, again, look, Jesus, Holy Spirit, Son, Revelations, all of it. What does that tell us? Listen, from the very beginning of creation, it was a work of the Trinity. Creation itself was a work of God. It was the work of Jesus. It was the work of the Holy Spirit. When, when Jesus came in for the work of redemption was the work of the Trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit working all things together. When we, with the culmination of all things in Revelation, it's a work of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. See, sometimes what happens is we get into this mindset of like, there's the Old Testament God, and then there's the New Testament God, and then there's the Holy Spirit. When the reality is, it's all God. Amen. There's not like, all right, there's the God of the Old Testament, and he's really mad at you, right? Somebody's always getting destroyed. There's all these wars. And then there's the New Testament God, and Jesus is so much better. Like, Jesus is really cool. He's calm. He's laid back. He only flips over tables a few times. Like, so Jesus, yeah, loving, cool. And then you have the Holy Spirit. Where, where he's just kind of weird, you know? Like, let me tell you guys, the Holy Spirit isn't weird. You are. Amen. Right? And, and so we like, we like to put these categories of like God does this and then Jesus does this and then the Holy Spirit does this. And the reality is it's all three of them. Amen. It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. From the beginning of creation, and I'll show this to you again here in a minute. In the work of redemption, in the culmination of all things, all three is this community of the Godhead working together. All three of them. Be careful that we don't dismiss this. We try to put God into these little boxes. Mark is showing us, like, listen, there's a relationship. They work together, and you can't separate it. You can't say, I'll take God, but not Jesus. I'd love to have Jesus, but not the Holy Spirit. I, I, don't, know, I don't know about the God of the Old Testament. No, 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 no. Same God working together. This relationship the very nature of God is community. The very nature of God is community. Let's read in the book of John, chapter 17. John 17. It says this. Now after saying all of these things, Jesus looked to the heaven and said this. Father, the hour has come Glorify the Son so that he can give glory back to you. For you have given him authority over everyone. For he gives eternal life to each one who has given him. And this is the way to have eternal life. To know you, the only true God. And Jesus Christ, the one whom you sent to earth. 
I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. He said, even before this world began and this glory that we have in which we're sharing with others, we bring it in. And, 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 let me read one more. At the end of John 17, Jesus continues on. It's this prayer. And, and he's praying for the believers. He says, I, I pray this, beginning with verse 20. And verse 20 says, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their, through their message. So this is all of us. This is me. This is you. Every single one of us. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. And you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. And then he says, listen, I've given them the glory that you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. Are you seeing this? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Super scary thought because you know you, right? And yet this is the way that God chooses to do it. Each member of the Godhead before creation even comes into being. It says, uh, glorifying each other, the Father glorifying the Son, the Son glorifying the Father, the Spirit glorifying the Son, the Son glorifying the Spirit, all of them, and in which there was no competition. Before the creation of the world, so you have this Godhead, you have the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and each one of them equally glorifying the other. Equally saying, ah, glory to you, and glory to you, glory to you. There's, a, there's this glory, even from the foundation, before anything, all of this got started. The very nature of God, this community in which they found themselves in this what? This selfless love. This selfless love that says, no, 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 ah, oh, the glory. Oh, no, no, the glory for you. Oh, no, the glory for you. This, my friends, I would say is the core of the Christian life. It's the core language of love because love does not seek its own. Love does not seek its own. The very nature of God is just, no, 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 I want to glorify the Son. And so, no, I want to glorify the Father. As a matter of fact, everything I do, I do because I see the Father and I just want to give glory to the Father. I want to point people to the Father. All of this, this selfless, abandoned, this mutual self-giving love that they give to each other for all of eternity. And I'm here to tell you that that is the end. That is the end of all things. What is the end being of all man? To glorify God and enjoy him forever. And how do we glorify God? We glorify God through us not being the center anymore and saying, God, my whole life, my whole being, all of, everything within me just glorifies you. I join in from what, what happened even before creation and say, God, you are on the throne, and I give you all of the glory. And we will do this forever and ever, a life where you are not the center. Here's the thing. This is not some kind of goal that you could achieve. You can't just like, hey, that's it, checklist, knock that one off. No, you cannot do this without him. You have got to have the Holy Spirit. He has got to be at the center because our life, all we want to do is put us at the center. All we want to do is put us on the like, no, no, I want you to 
glorify me. I, I want my way. I want, I want to do things the way I want to do them. Because it does not work that way. It does not work that way. We break the very rhythm of creation, of how we were made in his image, in his life, in his likeness, when we, we come into this, this self-seeking kind of love. And this self-seeking love, the end being of that is always for our own glory, our own power, our own strength, whatever it is, whatever it is that has to re revolve around me. A world that wants to put you at the center. See, within us, we, 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 we want to be a better husband. You want to be a better wife. You want to be a better spouse. You want to be a better employee. You want to be a, a better friend. You want to be a, a better neighbor. Want me to tell you how to do it? Get out of the center. Stop making it all about you. Stop making it all about you. And learn how to dance in this rhythm that God shows us before the world was even created. The Father glorifying the Son. The Son glorifying the Father. I want to illustrate this to you the best I can this morning. I need a few volunteers. Nick. Give me Nick. I want Nick. Tommy. Give me Tommy too. And Daryl. Give me Daryl Reagan. Yeah. Give me this guy. Yeah, up here. Up here. We got uh, the son, the father, the, God, the Godfather right here. And right here in the center. And then we have Holy Spirit. Like, all right. Y'all remember? Yeah, yeah. You're the, you're the weird one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> little, little hold hands. I know, kind of weird, but guys, but we could do it. So, actually, right here. Hold on. Just you two guys for a minute. All right. Remember? All right, here, let me. Just dance. This is unscripted. Right, we'll figure it out as we go. So, right, let's dance, right? You start dancing, and somebody always wants to take the lead, right? Like, there's this dance. I'm like, no, no, no. Who's leading? Are you leading? I'm leading. But then there's this trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, in which none of them are taking the lead. And remember that old school, like, I think, here we go, just walk. And this, this, there we go. And to which each one, this rhythm of creation, this equality in the dance that says the Son is here to glorify the Father, and the Father to glorify the Son, and the Spirit, and all of this happening. Now, just pause for a moment. But here's where it gets interesting. So, so, so you have the Godhead, you have the Trinity, creation, all of it, but then they said this, ah, we're going to invite people into this. And, and Jesus says, listen, I, I've glorified them just as you've glorified me, so he starts inviting people to the party. And so Vicky, come on up. Uh, Rick Perkins, Jody, come on up. I need a few more people in the party. Pete, come on up. Come on. Debbie Edwards, come on up. Randy, get up here. Just a few, no, 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 you're not part of that party yet. You're not part of that party yet. A little bit of circle. So come on, and we're going to hold hands and just kind of circle, circle this crowd. Circle it up. We got enough people? Come on, circle up. Join hands up there. Are you beginning to see it? Now, let's just do the dance. One. Ah, here it is, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the very nature of who they are glorifying the other one. And say, no, we're, Father, what you've done in me, now I've given to other people. Now glorify them just, just, just as if you've glorified me. And so we, we, we join into this dance with God at the center. We never get at the center, but we want to. And so all of a sudden, Rick has some issues, and Jody lets him know. And he tries to do this. He tries to push the Father, the 
the Holy Spirit off the stage. He tries to push all y'all off the stage. Come on, off the stage. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, off the stage. And he wants to continue the dance all by himself. Are you seeing it, guys? Are you seeing it? I know it's a funny little illustration, but this is life. This is what we want to do. We want to live a life in which we are the center. It's not a mutual self-serving love, but it's all about me. And that's why Paul says, listen, I've got to die daily. I've got to die daily because my nature wants to make it about me. But the God said, it comes in and get back out of that center. Come back in. And this is the rhythm of creation and how you were created to live. This mutual just love of like, no, no, no. All of everything in us, we just want to glorify the Father, glorify the Son, glorify the Holy Spirit. You guys are good. That was the illustration. I know it's kind of funny, but I can't count how many times that I've tried to be the center. I can't, can't count how many times how the, the whole life becomes about glorifying me and what Lucas wants. And the reason why we have issues in my marriage is because it becomes about what Lucas wants. And the reason why we have issues in whatever it may be in your life is because it's probably what you want. And you've taken the center. And the very nature of God is just to say, no, 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 no. I, my whole, everything in me is to give glory to the Father. Everything is to give glory, and there's no competition in this. And here's, a, here's this beautiful picture of like this dance that we have. And it's not static, it's always moving. And see, like if, this is the problem with denominations, y'all, because it breaks us up. And it breaks us up and it puts us into competition. And, and we're, we're, we're literally breaking what God, it literally means separate nations. And we're saying, no, no, we're going to do things our way, and we're going to do things our way, and we're going to put our little series of way and preferences as the center. And we've made a new idol. Instead of saying, no, 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 we are one body, joined together Baptist and Methodist and, and non-denominational and Presbyterian and every single one of us to give glory to the Father. And we have, we have, we have some differences, and we, we, we don't agree about this, and we don't agree about, but we agree about this. We agree about Jesus Christ and the Trinity and the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and salvation alone is in Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's it, and we begin to dance. And as this, Jesus is praying this prayer, y'all. This is a prayer from Jesus. Think about that. This is a prayer that Jesus is saying, you fulfill this is a prayer. Like, I pray to God all the time. And I'm always, God, do this for me. Do this for me. And Jesus is saying, I'm going to leave you with this one thing that I want from you. Be one just as we, as the Father, are one. Take on the very nature in which you were created and glorified. And so that's why we celebrate when other churches, man, they're doing great, man. Highest praise is building this incredible school for kids. And we celebrate with them. And we're happy. And we, why? Because when they win, we win. Because it's the body of Christ. And when somebody's hurting, we're hurting. And, and if, our, if our brothers and our sisters, and it doesn't matter if you're black or you're white or you're young and you're old, we're the body of Christ. And we join in with the Trinity and we signal all of the glory to the Father who cares about Coastal, who cares about our logo, who cares about Lucas, who cares about non-denominational or not. I want to join in with this prayer that Jesus prayed that says, 
that they would be one, just as you and I are one. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. This eternal selflessness to glorify the other. And God, just as you've given it to me, I've given it to them, and they get to join the dance. We get to join in with this unwavering selflessness to the glorious Godhead. And I'm here to tell you, there is no other option for the Christian journey. You cannot do it alone. You're not created that way. The very nature of God is not that way. You can't make it apart from God, nor can you make it apart from each other. We need each other. We, we need to disagree about a few things. See, we live in this culture, and like the second the pastor says something that I disagree with, canceled. How about it just challenge you? How about you go home and you search the scriptures and you look to see? How, how about I do the same thing and we just finally, no, no, like this is our authority. It's like, you know, the only thing is when we read this word, everything else is commentary. And then like sometimes some of y'all grew up in this thing like, let every word that the pastor says be the word of God. It's not. The word of God that we preach is whenever I read from this book. Everything else is just commentary to say, I'm just trying to point people to Jesus. But instead, we just cancel. And we find someone else who will teach us exactly what we already believe. Then why do you need a teacher? I ain't mad at you. I'm getting all sweaty up here. Woo! I went, I went charismatic on y'all for a minute, y'all. What y'all get today? Sometimes you get Catholic Lucas, sometimes you get Baptist, I don't <laughs> Relationships have got to be central to your walk with Christ. They have to be central and not peripheral. Let me say that again, they have to be central. See, we treat relationships as if they're optional. Like, relationships are good, but what's better is my job, and what's better is money, and what's better is power, and what's better is whatever these other things are. No, you've missed it. I can't put it simply any other way. You've missed it. Relationships have got to be central. It's the very nature of God, Christ in you. And we see this in marriage. Like, is there two? Yes. Is there one? Yes. The two become one. And in Christ in you, the hope of glory. And when I wake up in the morning, she's there. And when I go to bed at night, she's there. And then all of a sudden we have these kids that look like us. And they're always there. Always, always, always there. It's the Holy Spirit. It's just always this communal relationship. It's not a contradiction, but it is a mystery. The key in living in this self-centered, this selfless life. And here's the thing, it's a learned experience. It's a learned experience. You have to die daily. You have to keep Jesus at the center daily. This invitational love that invites other people into your world. And that circle gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And the only way it stays connected is if Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit are at the center. The second you remove that, you're in trouble with every relationship. And so we find ourselves 
as that little boy on the beach with a bucket, and there's that there ocean, and there's this there hole. And see, if we're not careful, we could think it's a fool's task to try and do what he's doing. We can think it's a fool's task. Like, how can I ever begin to even describe God? But here's the thing. The little bit that I do know informs all of the stuff that I don't know. So, so every, every, little, every bucket that I take from that ocean, I put it, it, into, into this little hole, it informs, oh, man, like, ooh, it gives me a good idea. Oh, God. You're like, I know there's so much more, and I'll, ne- I'll never know all of it, but it informs all of the things that I don't know. So in other words, hey, Lucas, well, what's God thinking right now? I have no clue. I have no clue what God is thinking. But I do know this. I know that his thoughts towards me are good. So I do know that from what I do know, it informs everything I don't know. And so therefore, I know whatever thoughts he is having are for my good. I know that his thoughts aren't to harm me. I know that he loves me. I know that he's a father who wants the best for me. So when all of those other thoughts that try to dictate who God is, I could stomp on those in a minute, not because like there's this world vastness of what I don't know about God, but I've been informed by what I do know about God, and it clears up a lot of the questions. And so day in and day out, we are to be like that little boy that I just want one more bucket. I just want one more bucket. One more, but to, to get one more step closer to Jesus. And then there's this world of like the Trinity, and I haven't even scratched the surface this morning. It's not a contradiction, but it is a mystery. I love what the psalmist says. I love all the psalms. I love that, that especially David, he can be like, just kill all my enemies. Just do all, I'm surrounded on every side. God, I don't hear you. Where are you at? God, what's happening? And then in the next voice, he's saying something like this. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually be on my mouth. My soul shall boast in the Lord. Did you hear that? You're not saying not only will my lips glorify God, but my soul will boast in the Lord. Because no matter what I'm going through, no matter if I am surrounded on every side, I know who my father is. I love what the suffering servant Job He's sitting at that campfire, and he's had loss, and he's had pain. He's, he's literally scratching himself with broken pottery. And his wife is this voice in his ear that's just saying, why don't you just curse God and die? Ladies, that's not how to be a good spouse. <laughs> and then he literally has the worst friends ever, who all of his friends are just basically pointing the finger at him and saying, like, Job, this is why. You're a bad person. And God's not speaking And he's just content with God. You've got to tell me why all this is happening. But then it says this, though you may slay me, yet I will worship you. In other words, all of my circumstances, there's what I know about you. And even if I'm going through this, I will still worship you because I know who you are. I love it how the prophet says this, even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vine, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the field and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. What I know about him informs that all these, little second, these present circumstances will not change who he is. I love how Jesus upon going to the cross, could say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And yet say, 
into your hands I commit my spirit. See, we've got to get that in us. Creation, redemption, the culmination of all things. It's a work of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. One last quote. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. It says this. It was either, I want to say this one's Timothy Keller, but I'm not sure. No matter how far you climb into the infinity, the distance above remains endless. No matter how far you climb into infinity, the distance above remains endless. No matter how many buckets you take from the beach and put into the hole, it remains endless. To try to remove the mystery of the Godhead would be a mistake. To take the ocean and put it in a bucket and fill up our hole and think we've got God figured out would be a mistake. Yet, each morning we rise and come and bring our buckets and say, God, one more time, one more scoop, one more prayer, one more day of seeking your face with everything that's in me. To live inside of this community that you call the body into a selfless, invitational love in which, God, you are the center. And in you, we live and breathe and move and have our very being. Church, please stand to your feet with me. Holy Spirit, we need you. Holy Spirit, we join together with you and just say, we're stepping out of the center. We're putting you back in your rightful place and we just want to glorify you with everything we say and everything we do. If you're in the room this morning and you don't know him, May today be the day of your salvation. May this moment be the real Super Bowl. Because you have a loving father who's calling you home. My son, my daughter, all is forgiven. I love you. Come on home. If that's you and you want to accept Christ this morning, I'm going to ask you to put your hand real high in the air. I just want to pray with you this morning. Is there anyone in here? that you just need Jesus. That's you, real high, I don't wanna miss it. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm asking everyone to pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, God, I need you. Lord, I am yours, you are mine. I repent, I, ter I turn from, from my life being the center. And I say, all that I am is yours. God, I believe, help my unbelief. Amen and amen. Guys, can we give it up? We had five people. The real Super Bowl right there. Come on, one more time for Jesus, for Jesus. God, you're worthy. God, you are so worthy. You're so worthy, you're so worthy. Let's take a few moments, let's just worship together. 
Well, we hope this podcast has blessed you. In case you didn't know, we are in the middle of renovating a brand new facility right here in Brunswick County, North Carolina. So listen, two things. Please take a moment and pray for us. Also, if you'd like to give to the ministry, sign on to the website at mycoastalchurch.com slash giving. Hey, have a wonderful, wonderful day. Grace and peace.